0: everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kimmock with Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is Tuesday, June 9th. I just want to let that sink in. The ninth day of June in 2020. And I heard somebody say a couple of days ago, can we fast forward 2020? Can we get to 2021? I think that's the conversation that we all want to have is to get to 2020. quick, fast, and in a hurry, because it seems as if we are just outdone with 2020. I mean, 2020 is just going on and on and on, and looks like it's not about to abate anytime soon. So today happens to be, there are two things that I want us to keep in mind about today, one of which is that George Floyd will be laid to rest in Houston. And I can't begin to tell you how, as a mother, when I heard that man lay on the ground with his neck in a chokehold by the police officer who held him, and when I heard him call for his mother, I can't begin to tell you how I felt as a mother. That was something else. And he called for his mother and said, Mama, help me. I can't breathe. We later learned that his mom had died, has been dead for two years now. Well, today, George Floyd will be laid to rest beside his mother. When I heard that this morning on CNN, it did something to me. And I'm sure that you too, this is resounding deep in your spirit that this is a call to action because something has to be done to stop this unprecedented pace of police killings against Black people. It has to stop. I also realized that today, Tamir Rice would have graduated high school, something he didn't get to see. He was a 12-year-old boy. And I want to ask this question. How many of you out there who are white mothers who have 12-year-old sons, if your son had been killed in police violence, you would not hear the end of it. The whole United States would have been overturned. The Supreme Court would have been overturned if your son had been killed. Imagine today would have been Tamir Rice's high school graduation. All across the country, kids are graduating from high school. My dear precious daughter is graduating high school. Well, it's it's a virtual thing. Nonetheless, she's graduating high school, matriculating on to university later this year, later in in the fall. As a parent, I get to celebrate that and to wrap myself around the idea that my child has a chance And I get to acknowledge that she has passed through high school. Tamir Rice's family didn't get that opportunity. They're not getting that today. Every day is painful for them because every day is a painful reminder that their child is not with them, not because they killed him, not because they neglected him and abandoned him, as so often is the case in the police justification of these killings, they were unwanted anyway, they were criminals, they didn't belong to anybody, they didn't serve any purpose, as if the police have become gods. There is a place where we need to have this constructive conversation around the operating of police against people of color. And I myself have come to the place where I recognize that change has to come, and change has to happen. It's coming, and it has to happen because this is unwarranted. Now that people are seeing what happened in the wake of George Floyd, now we're seeing more releases of police brutality and police putting their neck hold, putting, their, putting a choke hold on citizens, on Black Americans, on people of color. It needs to stop. It's not enough. I, I saw the Black Caucus on CNN this morning and In the wake of this, a lot of them are talking, a lot of the conversation is surrounding defunding the police. Well, I don't believe, let's contextualize that. I don't believe when people say they're defunding the police, what they're saying is removing the funding that promotes the militarization of the police. That's what they're saying. They're not saying defund the police and disband the police or dismantle the police. No, they're saying that there has to be oversight of the police. Because frankly, if I were to ask you, Who oversees the police in your area? You probably couldn't tell me. Is it the city council? Well, who does the police report to? Because what we're seeing is when the police are, you say, well, let them go to trial. Well, the police who killed Oscar Grant, remember him? The barred officer in 2009 who shot and killed Oscar Grant, he got 11 months in jail. The police officer who shot the man in South Carolina while the man was trying to run away from the police because they realized he was going to be killed. It was a laugh. It was a laugh. The police officers who killed Sandra Bland and lied about it, they're still not prosecuted. So prosecution of the court system is a joke. It's not in favor of the victim's families. And it's not in favor of the victims. Now, I believe that the police has a job to do in the society of keeping the peace and reducing crime. I want the police to show us more where they are reducing crime. Mass shootings are on the rise. The only reason why they're not mass shooting right now is because there was a pandemic, but we know in America every month, there is a mass shooting. And mass shootings are carried out by white armed militiamen who feel that they have a right to brandish a gun in public spaces and shoot people. So what are the police doing about crime? They have all these high-grade military weapons, and crime is still high, but they seem to disproportionately use their force against people who are unarmed. The conversation around police reform, though uncomfortable for all of us, because we're trying to balance it in terms of uh, needing to reduce crime, But at the same time, we don't want citizens, innocent, unarmed citizens, uh, to, to, to be affected. Thank you. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? So we need to have this conversation, and the police need to not be sensitive. The police unions around the country, you need to back off a little bit. You need to just back the hell off and listen for once. Put your guns down and listen. I know you are all in your ego and in your white supremacist stand that you must do this. Who are you killing? You're killing unarmed people. You need to stop. The time for accountability has come. And you need to understand that you can't just randomly shoot people. You can't criminalize people after the fact and say, well, they were committing a crime. What crime was George Floyd committing? The $20 bill that they said he was presenting that was, according to the store clerk who called the cops. That's a whole other story for a whole other day because it was that store clerk who set the whole thing in motion. They're going to be held accountable at some point. I believe the family are probably gonna file a civil suit because they set that man up to be killed, knowing that there is a racist criminal system, uh, criminal justice system in place. The $20 bill that they accused him of actually was not fake. Who the hell gets killed for a $20 bill? Do you see what I'm saying? So there has to be a place where the police show up, something goes wrong, and they show up and they say, whoa, let, th- this is their job. The situation is out of control. Uh, all sorts of things are going on. Then the police show up. There has to be a place for the police to show up and say, whoa, let's, let's get some perspective here. What happened? Tell me what happened. There has to be that place where guns are not drawn, We right in the midst of the protest. We've seen where police shoved a 75 year old man in Buffalo and shoved him on the ground. His skull must have cracked because he his head was bleeding. And the police officer was given a, a, a standing round of applause when he came out of the jail. Are you serious? Are you serious? So white men are acting as if it is their right and they have an infernal. God-given right, that's what they're presenting, that's not true, but they're acting as if they're God, and they can determine the length of people's days. For years, I sat on the sidelines and said nothing as I watched this unfold. Meanwhile, I as a black person, I have black relatives. My relatives are black. I have relatives who are male, who are black males, who while they're living in their skin face unprecedented police violence, any day, any time. I have relatives who are nephews and brothers and cousins, and anything at any time could happen. And I myself have found myself within this conflict that there has to be a balance between crime, criminalization, of crime, solving of crime, as well as maintaining the peace. That is really the role of the police. The role of the police is not to beat people with sticks. The role of the police is not to pull out guns and shoot people. The role of the police is not to shoot a man who did nothing. But when you ordered him to stop, I'll kill ya, As if you are God. The role of the police, I'm sorry, is not God. I know that for many white people in this country, you are so accustomed to playing God. You are so accustomed to feeling that you're in charge of people's destinies, that you literally feel that you have to do this. I'm sorry to break your God complex, but this is your come to Jesus moment when you realize after all, you're not God at all. It's going to, you think it, it took centuries for this to change, we know this is going to change, but we have to start somewhere and right now, this is where we're starting. We're starting right at the point where we must recognize that something has gone wrong And it has to start. And I'm starting with the police officers. I know you have unions and your unions back you to the ultimate and say, no, you are still wrong. Wrong is still going to be wrong. You can't shoot unarmed people. You can't put your neck on people's necks and get away with it. It's not okay. It's never gonna be okay. That's killing someone. If someone were to pull your daughter, your woman, your girlfriend, your sister, your mother, your brother, your son, or your nephew. Imagine that you are a white police officer. I'm going to ask you this question. If you were to be pulled over and you got into a situation with the police and they meet out to you the same level of violence that you do to others, how would you feel when you got that phone call that your son is down at the precinct and that he's been beaten and he's almost at the point of death? How would you feel? I think the conversation now, we have to ask this question because in the midst of the riding it was reported that it was some police officers officers from Minneapolis who were rioting. There were uh, text messages that uh, uh, Chauvin's wife uh, presented as evidence for why she's divorcing him because he was at the rioting at Target in Minneapolis. So who is rioting? These These riots seem to have been instigated and incited. We gotta ask this question. I have watched on TV as the police led away Omar Jimenez, a CNN reporter, while reporting with camera and crew all around him. And the police led him away after he identified himself, not because he had done something wrong, but because he was a black man in his skin and the white man standing over on the other street was left alone. Do you see what I'm saying? We've got to get to the point where we ask ourselves the question, police reform has to stop and the sensitivity That the police has like, whoa, we're God. Nobody questions us. Nobody asks us any questions. Nobody asks us how we do our jobs. Yes, you're accountable to the public because the public pays you. In every municipality, police salaries are paid by the city. That means the city collects my property taxes. They collect my payroll tax. They collect your property tax and your payroll tax to pay the police. So the police has to be accountable to the people. As far as I am concerned, I think we're still living in a democracy. Do we? That's a question we have to ask. Is this a democracy or is this a police state where the police are totally in charge of whether you breathe or you don't? Because we must get to the point where we ask these questions legitimately because these questions give rise to the next prop, which is where do we go from here? And the police has to be prepared to answer that question. There has to be responsibility in the execution of your tasks. Crime is a problem, but give me the numbers. Show me where your presence has diminished crime. No, it hasn't. In the city of Detroit, violent crime is still high. Women are still being beaten. As a matter of fact, let me just help you out a little bit. In Detroit, when you call the police, when you call 911, you're often going to get a 911 dispatcher who tells you a vehicle has been sent and the police show up nine to 10 minutes later, or in some cases, three hours later. That's a fact you will call and tell them shots are fired. And they're like, so? Was anyone hurt? So if you hear shots fired because that is supposed to be normal. The police do not invite, you know how many people are waiting for a solution to a violent crime that took the lives of a loved one and are still waiting for that case to be solved? So show me where the police are reducing violent crime. They're not. There are more guns on the streets than ever before. More guns are being barked and fired all the time. So tell me again, why the police has this huge funding from City Hall and crime is still on the rise and crimes against women is still high. Crimes against people of color is still high. Tell me. So where is the solution? Where is the police fighting crime? All the militarization they have. I, I, I looked at Detroit police the other day. I, was, I didn't even know we had tanks here, buddy. I know we have a SWAT team somewhere, but I kind of thought they borrowed it from Homeland Security or, or, or the state police or something. I didn't know they have tanks. So if you have tanks, why are criminals still running the streets in Detroit? Why is drugs and drug trafficking and human trafficking still a problem? Do you see what I'm saying? So there has to be accountability. There has to be a space in which we ask the police for accountability. What are you doing with the money? You see what I'm saying? Somebody's saying prisons to fill, and money. We got to ask these questions. Why are people being given, why are people being pulled over and arrested for a traffic stop? You pull someone over and their tags have expired. Why are they not given a ticket? Why are they being arrested and taken to jail? And this happens invariably in contact between white police officers and black people. Come on now, the police union you want to talk? talk to the people, you want better relations? Or do you want to run the country as if the politicians and everybody else must bow to your demands? I am sorry, the last time I checked, this is a democracy. So they, people are calling for a defunding of the police. Here's what they really should say. What they're saying is the budgets that police are being given should be redirected to provide social services. So the police then will be less frustrated on the job. Less because a lot of them are saying, we're burnt out and we are frustrated. Okay, you do have a higher burden. We shut down mental health facilities. And yet when we have family members who are mentally unwell, we call the police. The police come and take them to jail. So people are unnecessarily criminalized for something that is out of their control. That shouldn't be the job of the police. There should be an agency we call when people are mentally unwell and they come and pick them up. The, white, the You remember those, the jokes we grew up with? That the people in white jackets and straight jackets, <laughs> my grandmother used to call them, they show up and they put you in a straight jacket and take We need to have an agency that does that. We perhaps need to have more social workers, more widely available. So city budgets should be more widely available. So police officers and police units get together And they're like, well, we're not going out there because we don't feel safe in the streets. Well, if you're the police and you don't feel safe in the streets going out there, how do you think I feel? How am I supposed to feel? And I'm a defenseless black woman, defenseless against the crime, against violent crime, and defenseless against the militarized police state. I'm totally defenseless. Me and my black children and me and my black skin and my children and their black skin, we are totally defenseless against violence both from the criminals and violence from the police. So tell me again, who is in charge here? Do you see what I'm saying? All of these protests, what they have done, is shined a mirror. They have shined the light on the fact that there has to be radical change in America because we are living in a police state. The police are in charge, and they're acting it out. When they can threaten politicians and say, well, you shouldn't totally call. We we don't see... When What politicians, especially the Congressional Black caucus, they were on CNN this morning, they're out of touch with reality. That's not what young people are saying. Young people are not saying totally defund the police. What they're saying, because I've asked them for clarification, what they're saying is redirect the funding. The police has, seems to have a huge budget. They can do anything they want. They have riot gear. Okay, so pro, people, people peacefully protesting is a riot. So the public's perspective of the police is going to differ there. But I want you to look at the numbers, though. While you are busy, the police union, that is, and yes, I'm asking you all to listen to what we have to say. You are not God, but we are innocent people walking around in our skin, and you're still beating me up. You're still arresting us without fail. And if we open our mouths to say anything, then we are unlawfully attacked. You profile us and then you lock us up because you just wanna get a kick out of it. You're playing God with people's lives and it has to stop. This is not Nazi Germany, this is America. And people do have rights and people have the right to express themselves freely according to the tenets of the constitution. And you need to leave people alone. Show up when they call for a criminal act in process. Show up for a bank robbery. Show up when they're robbing the convenience store. For God's sake, show up when a woman calls seeing her boyfriend is beating her to the ground. Show up. How about that? Show up. Nobody is backing any criminals here. If George Floyd had committed a crime, nobody's backing that. We wouldn't be having this conversation. we say, oh, well, he did something and they caught him. Oh, well, and keep it moving. But he wasn't committing a crime when he was held down and left without air for nine minutes, eight minutes and 58 seconds. Today, George Floyd is going to be laid to rest beside his mother. Today, 12 days ago, George Floyd said, mama, help me. Today, he's being laid to rest beside her. I want to ask this question. If you are white and it was your brother, what would you do? Just what would you do? The conversation has to happen. It's uncomfortable, but it has to happen. The police needs to show us, be accountable to the budgets that you're getting from city hall. It can't be just to fund uh, police unions, to fund uh, pension funds to give you you have the best uh, benefit system I've ever seen where they can take like 50 days off or 70 days off a year and still get paid. That cannot be what city budgets fund. City budgets have to fund reducing crime. We've got to get to the focus where the police is there to reduce crime, not there to intimidate people, unarmed people like myself. I'm telling you the honest truth. In this atmosphere right now, I ain't going nowhere. I am terrified of driving down the street. and being pulled over by a police officer right now. I am not kidding you. You have terrified me. I have two daughters who drive, and I am terrified to get a phone call. Every time my daughters drive out, I'm like, Lord God Almighty, let this not be the day that I get that phone call. I don't want to live in a police state. Why should I? Why should I? <laughs> Right? Why should I? You've got to have, I know the conversation is uncomfortable, but the police must face the fact that they're accountable to the public they serve. You are not, uh, the arrogance and the presumption. And, and, and I see where politicians are backing off. So the politicians have failed us once again. They have left us the citizens to stand up to the force of the police. Imagine that we're talking about police brutality. And the very people we're going to talk to are the same police who are brutalizing people because the politicians are not there. They're afraid of the cops because they need votes from the cops, because the police union is a voting bloc that backs only certain politicians. Meanwhile, violent crime is on the rise, crimes against the elderly. You ever call the cops in Detroit and ask for to report a crime? They don't even show up to take the report, y'all. They, they send you to a number to report. I, I got death threats back in uh, November. And when I called the police, they told me to go, call, uh, to go call a number to report it. I'm like, are you kidding me? So what are we paying for? What are my taxes going to? If not for the police to do the job of policing. Somebody posted on Twitter that she lives in an area where When she calls the police, it takes three hours for them to respond right here in Detroit. When she calls 911, it takes three hours for them. And if you call and report shots fired, they're like, and so what? So what are we paying taxes for? Today in Detroit, the mayor and the police chief are meeting with the organizers of the protest. What they want is a containment. What the people want is reform. When the people say, Take some of the money away. It probably is going to go on a ballot. That's what the politicians are going to do. They're going to put it to a ballot so the people speak. Because the police have held us hostage. When crime does occur and you call them, what they do is they don't answer the phone. They don't solve the crime because they think it serves the basis of their need. Do you see what I'm saying? The need for their existence. If crime does not exist, do you need a police force? Well, so the police don't solve crime. It's simple. If they don't solve the crime, then you will always need the police. So they sit back and they go to City Hall and they say, well, you know, we tried, but we do need some more resources. We need some more money to put more officers on overtime. So the officers get overtime paid. We need more people, more hands in this particular unit. So they get more money to go hire people. Meanwhile, crime is still on because the police's existence is based on crime. So if there is, this is why violent crime is never stopped. Oh, another guy beating up his chick. Oh man, that ain't nothing. She's gonna go back to him again and again. Yeah, because if you call the police, they never show up. (laughs) Come on. We've got to get to the stage where policing, the police needs to respect the lives of every individual. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? The police needs to respect the lives of every individual whether that person is a drugged out uh, addict on the street. I have seen cases where in Detroit, we have a colony of young white people who are drug addicts. I have seen the police deal with them with way more respect than they deal with black people who are, who are authors and who are outstanding uh, members of the community. It's a color thing. The presumption and the socialization is that if you're white, you're better than. We're reforming that and changing that because all that has done is made it bad for everybody. <laughs> That's true, that is true. If you want an immediate response from the police, say a black man is running down the street with a gun, 20 police officers will show up with guns drawn. We've got to change the conversation. I know it's uncomfortable, but listen, today it's high school graduation. I have a seventy year old who's getting ready to graduate high school. Tamir Rice is dead. He won't be graduating. His life was cut off at 12 years old because he's black, a black kid pointing a toy gun. The rookie police officer who did it had just been on the force. What training are you giving to these people? And listen, we've gone down the gamut as a community. All of us across the country, we have said, well, maybe they need more sensitivity training. Don't call people black, call people African-American. Don't hasten and rush to judgment. We've done all the sensitivity training. None of that has worked. I work in human trafficking and we've had meetings with police. This is what human trafficking, don't call them heifers, don't call them whores, don't call them this, don't call them that. These are individuals who are still worthy. You don't know their story. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what led them to this victimization. So none of that sensitivity training is working because inherently police are individuals, and they're saying, "I'm an individual too." I, I, you know, they come with their own biases and their own prejudices. We see that. We saw that in the in the in the protests that have taken place over the last 12 days. I mean, it it's got to be something that's noteworthy because I I saw just this morning on a news clip that in France. The interior minister has now said that chokeholds won't happen as a matter of policing. Yep. They do. Somebody says cops know what they're doing. They pretend not to know. Right? So this seems to be part of police training to use chokeholds on people. Now I thought you were the police. I thought you have handcuffs. Sorry. Isn't that what the handcuffs are supposed to do? Now if you should show up at the scene of a mass shooting And, you know, the shooters are clearly at impact. They're the ones firing the guns. That's a criminal activity taking place. I'm not expecting a miracle to happen there. But you get a phone call that a 12-year-old kid is brandishing a gun. When you show up, you don't say, young man, put that gun down. I want you to put the gun down and talk to me. You don't do that? Or that's a Hollywood thing. That only the movies, right? What do you do? You just show up with a gun and you hear a black kid with a gun and boom, you show up with the force to do it. Well, that is what we have to change, your perception. That is why Amy Cooper, the woman in Central Park, that is why she told the black man whom she was interacting with that she was going to call the police. And when that didn't scare him, she said, I'm going to tell them that an African-American man is threatening me. She knew exactly what that would show. (laughs) One of my viewers is getting real incensed We have to start The conversation We must, oh boy Let me listen to this comment Brother Figure says the cop who killed Is no longer sufficient Mention the killer every time you mention the victim Right Derek Chauvin Killed George Floyd Now it looks like in his case The other cops are distancing themselves from him But the, the, one of the cops who is charged with second degree murder, along with Chauvin, uh, did you hear what his lawyer said on CNN last night? His lawyer said, well, the people who were standing by should have stopped the police. So you know what they're doing? They're putting the blame again on the victim. The people who were standing there were just as victimized as George Floyd because they're black. Have you ever been at the scene of a police encounter? Are you going to go there knowing that guns could be fired? No you don't have the the power over the police. The police has the power. And they did stretch their hand out and said, don't come near. It's just like the woman in Seattle who was thrown down on the the ground by that police officer. I wanna ask people, as you look around the country and you see these images, you don't find it disturbing that women, violence against women by the police, the very police who is supposed to serve and protect, he threw her down on the ground. She wasn't firing a gun. She just objected to what the police officer told her. Can you talk to the public in terms of not disrespect? Can you just understand that you, the police, have created this atmosphere of antagonism? The, if, the people, if you find the people antagonistic is you created it, take some ownership of that. You created this antagonism when you continue to kill black men and women. A Tatiana Jefferson was in her house babysitting her nephew. Did she do anything for the police officer who got some random phone call from somebody who said, I think somebody is disturbing the peace next door. And you? She showed up and fired a gun through the window. And that is normal? I want to ask the question. If that police officer went into a white neighborhood and fired a gun through a window, you would not hear the end of it. And so the question has to be, we've got to ask the question to, to Black Caucus who are afraid of losing police votes in an election year, because they're thinking probably that this will blow over and there's going to be an election and people are going to vote. You need to be true to yourselves and ask yourselves the question, can we start the conversation? You can't dismiss the voices of the protesters in the streets. These are young people. Their knees are younger than mine and yours, so they're going out there and marching all day, all night. They can wake up the next day and do that for 12 days straight. You and I will be huffing and puffing and saying, I can't breathe. Right? Black lives matter. And it's time. And the police needs to understand that because a number of police officers are policing communities that are predominantly black. And black people are dying As a result, in other words, what I'm saying is as much as the coronavirus was named a public health crisis, black people dying at the hands of police is a public health crisis. I am traumatized. The rest of us are traumatized. We're going to bed. and wondering what are we going to wake up in the next spin cycle and see. Is there going to be another George Floyd? Resoundingly, yes. Is there going to be another Tamir Rice? Yes. Another Atatiana Jefferson? Yes. Another Sandra Bland? Yes. Another Breonna Taylor? Yes. Another Ahmaud Arbery? Yes. 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 That is why the conversation about reform has to start now. Now, most people will tell you that we have a healthy amount of respect for police officers. Yes, we're wondering which one of us is is next. It could be me, like I tell you. I'm terrified of driving out right now. And they pull you over. They're going to haul you out of the vehicle, kick you and put you down in a chokehold. Huh? They better have some money because my family members are going to sue. They will have nothing left. We've got to stop this rampant violence and disrespect of people. And it starts, it's almost as if my God, I, you know, I had to spend some time after my show was done yesterday, thinking about this. And I, I've come to the conclusion that the police believe that their very existence is based on the fact that there is crime. So they never solve crime. People have been murdered for 30 years. and no solution to that. How is that possible with all the technology we have today? How is that possible? How is it possible that you can't find somebody running down the street and their cameras on every street corner? There's facial recognition technology that they've been using, law enforcement has been using for decades. How is it that the FBI can solve a crime, but the police can't solve a crime in a community? It's impossible. You know why? The police are not interested in solving crime. Because if they solve crime, then there is no justification to go to the city council or go to the, 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 the mayor's office to say, well, we need more money. So the more money that the citizens are pumping into the police, Believing that we're solving crime is in fact, going to police union fees. It's going to pension funds. So when officers are disciplined, if they're ever disciplined, or if they're ever uh, uh, charged for a crime, it goes to their legal defense fund, and it goes to their pensions, they lose nothing. Meanwhile, George Floyd is being laid to rest today, today. He's dead. He's gone. Brianna Taylor is forever gone. She's never coming back. She'll never walk out of that grave. She'll never go and live out her 2020 goals that she posted on Twitter. It's never ever gonna happen. Tamir Rice will never ever graduate from high school. It's done. Ahmad Aubrey is dead, dead, dead. He was running and he was killed. It's over. Because some people believe that if they killed him, they could get away with it, and the police system would back them up. That is what we call, we want reform. We've got to have this conversation, and it's not enough for the Congressional Black Caucus to sit back and wait for police union votes and think that it's okay. You are not doing, you're not serving the Black community. You're doing a disservice to the Black community, to the Congressional Black Caucus. I called them out on Twitter. They are not serving the community. We've got to initiate. You, if your leaders lead, for God's sake, the mayor of Detroit is doing a much better job inviting the protesters to come and meet with with the, with, with the police chief. And the, you, the Black Congressional Caucus, is sitting back and saying, "Ah, uh, well, we need to uh, term this conversation. Get off your asses and do some work of creating legislation that is going to help people. We cannot continue to have people killed just because you're driving while black." Living wild black, running wild black, camping wild black, bird watching wild black, sleeping wild black for the mighty name of God. This is unquestionable, it's unprecedented, and it's unbelievable. And if you are not outraged, there's something wrong with your humanity. You need to question yourself. You have sold your soul out so far that you are not outraged by the very idea that you can be sleeping in your bed and be killed while black. Get off your high horses and get to the the round table of inviting police unions across the country to come and discuss this. And as for you rank and file police officers who are out there, it seems to me that once you put the blue on, you think that, well, you've suddenly become God. I understand your ancestors for centuries have played God. I have a 27-year-old daughter who graduated law school, went to work for a law firm, a white law firm in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. They are so accustomed to playing God with people's lives, they played God with her life too, but they messed with the wrong person because she got mean to back her up. Do you understand me? They played God with her life and thought just like everybody else how they do stuff. They could intimidate her into retracting into her little black self, and that that would be enough. You, I get it. Your ancestors have played God for centuries. It's almost your right to live, and your right to breathe. It's almost as if that is the very reason why you live. You live so that you, as a powerful white man, and as a rich white man, can go have sex with 12-year-old girls in a strip club. And the police back you up, they don't lock your ass up. Oh. This is what you are backing the Congressional Black Caucus. You are backing people who rape and pillage young Black people because they're economically vulnerable. That's who you're backing up. That's who you're backing up. You want to tell me why human trafficking is pervasive? People are having sex with young people who are 8, 9, 10, and 12. And the police say they need militarization and they need military equipment to fight crime in the streets. Can I ask you something? When was the last time you drove down any city streets in Detroit, in Baltimore, in Philly, in Compton, in Fort Lauderdale, and seeing people just coming out, just brandishing guns and shooting. So why do you need military grade equipment? Why are you seeing people doing things and grabbing them and putting them in a chokehold? You want to be so militaristic? Go join the darn military. Some of the stuff that the police have done in these protests violate the Geneva Convention. And I know that we are so, white people are so accustomed to playing God and being God that the Geneva Conventions do not exist for you. In the state of Michigan, we have a black lieutenant governor who was in residence in the Capitol. He wasn't appointed. He was elected. That means there were enough votes for him to win, an armed white militia showed up in the capital with nooses and swastikas and confederate flags and did not give a hoot and the police did nothing about it. I guarantee you, if black armed militia had shown up with guns, it's not just chaos. It would have been anarchy. They would have opened fire. Do you see the problem that we have? So me, my black skin is a problem to you. So you get a phone call. I'm at the mall and you get a phone call that somebody stole something and because I'm standing there, you're gonna assume it's me. So you're gonna come and handle me? Put me down on the ground with your foot on me, something my parents never did. Huh? I used to respect the police. I used to hold the police in high esteem. After all, you gotta understand. My book, Through the Fire, tells you how the sheriff's deputy came and locked up a man who was beating me. That's what we want the police to do. So for years, this was me. I got pulled over when I was an undocumented immigrant, and a white police officer asked me, what are you going to do about this? This guy in Florida said something. You need to, you want me to, solve? he said, I can solve it right now. I'm going to make it go away. That's the kind of policing I want. I don't want a police that is going to pull me over, grab me out of my car, and put me in a chokehold. This bland mass criminalization based on people's color has got to stop. And I'm urging the police union be part of this conversation. Please respect people. You are not God. Respect citizens and their rights respect people, and contain yourself. What's with this trigger-happy adrenaline rush thing, rush to judgment stuff? Can you, you get some training to de-escalate? See, that's the problem we're having. We, we've given them budgets to hire consultants to come in and do every kind of thing to mitigate and mitigate and minimize, and we have, Put the faces of victims before them, and yet still, and the older police officers who have been on the force after a while say, Well, you know these so young ones, you know you try well what are you what is the messaging here in Detroit, the mayor of Detroit has eliminated the curfew because the protests were never about being violent. it was other people who decided to use the protest as an opportunity to create a race war. The conversation is not about that. The conversation is about police brutality on unarmed people. We all respect the fact that the police has borders and boundaries and they have a job to do in maintaining the peace and reducing crime. I'd really love to see that part of it. I don't know about the maintaining the peace part, but I do expect the reduction of crime. I do expect to see more policing, patrolling, driving around, and stopping and saying, hey, how's it going? I do expect that. Can we see that? Not in your tanks, but in your police vehicle. I do expect to see the police going after the real criminals, the people who uh, uh, kidnap people, the people who take girls and boys off the streets of America and keep them in basements shackled and use them for sex. I do expect the police to raid strip clubs, knowing that there are underage people in there who are having, some, who are being sexually molested and raped by grown adults. Yes, that's the job of the police. I do expect the police to show up when a woman calls and says, my boyfriend, my husband, my father, my brother is beating me up. Come and help me. I do expect the police to show up. I do expect a victim's advocate to show up and tell the victim what their positions are. I do expect the police to show up when there are signs of mass shooting and lock them up. In Charleston, South Carolina, I don't expect you to give them water after they've just killed nine black people. Wherever this takes place, I expect the police to show up and keep the goddamn peace. Keep the darn peace, for crying out loud. Keep the peace. Protect the citizens. That's what you're called to do. Protect and serve. Who are you serving? Serve all the people, whether they're black, white, brown, or red. Serve the people. That's your job, police. Not to put them in a chokehold and let them to not breathe for eight minutes and 58 seconds. Not to put a woman, pull her out of her car and put her on the ground with a chokehold. Come on, that's not policing. That's brutality. Call it what it is. And if you don't like it, yes, be uncomfortable with it because you must confront it in order to deal with it. You can't continue to defend the rogue members of the force anymore. You must rise up. You must say this cannot happen to us like the Houston police chief. Have you heard him? What does he say all the time? We are examining these instances, and we're investigating. We're examining these, and we're investigating. We're in a growth pattern. We're growing. Be like the Houston police chief. Come down to Detroit. Talk to the chief down here. His name is James Craig. Tell him I sent you. Talk to him. Call him on the phone and say, "What you boys doing in Detroit? That is working. That is not working in every other place." Come on. Have the conversation because we need to. Matter of fact, I'm going to reach out to Chief Craig and tell him it's time he becomes part of this national conversation. We need reform. The police are here to protect and serve for the love of God. Do that job. Not killing a 12-year-old boy holding a toy gun. Not shooting an unarmed man running away from the police because he was just pulled over for nothing. Not hiding in the bushes and pulling people over. I'm locking them up. Can we stop the madness? Can we stop the violence? My name is Harriet Kimmich. Thank you so much. Go to my website, HarrietKimmich.com, as well as visit my pages on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram for more information. While you're at it, get my book through the fire. I talk about that police officer who showed up and arrested my ex-husband who was beating me up. Where is that policing? Can we get some more of that? The real police, can they show up? The real ones who get the criminals and who get the job done, not the ones who are in the name of the police beating people up, shooting unarmed people. Today, Tamir Rice would have graduated high school. Where is he? In a grave. Where's Breonna Taylor, whose birthday was Friday? Today, George Floyd is being laid to rest. Beside his mother, because he cried, I can't breathe. Thank you so much. Be blessed, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I hear you. The methods used to traffic, for human trafficking, yes. Mind long thank you be blessed everybody it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper